Uh, welcome to the next episode of Splitting Cases with Pointy and the Moose. Moose, how are you today? Good. I'm drinking bourbon. You are indeed. Uh, we had a very interesting mix-up with the bourbon. Our guest, John D. Hello. Uh, there could be a lot of interesting mix-ups with bourbon. <laughs> well, we'll see how things go. It may, it may get more mixed up as we go along. It may well. Um, but yeah, I hadn't seen John in a little while. Um, so, Seven or eight years since we've actually hung out regularly. But I did recall that he doesn't drink beer, so I thought, oh, well, we'll, we'll grab some bourbon and I'll, I'll be winning. I'll you, be like, yeah, yep. look at this. Yeah, look I at remembered. this. I, I remembered this much. Uh, but as I discovered, he does not drink bourbon either. <laughs> so we now have an oh, abundance of bourbon. that's why we're drinking bourbon and he's not. That's yeah. right. I was wondering. It's been a while since we hung out regularly. Um, but I think one of the regular communications that we have, probably annually or thereabouts... Yep, with whatever new series comes out. Um, or just the line, fish. Today's fish is trout a la creme. And, and that's pretty much been the extent of, that's, um, that's... of our communication recently. <laughs> yeah. So it seems um, very relevant uh, for the topic today, which is... We're talking about Red Dwarf, and I'm excited. Excited? I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm just excited to be out of the house, let's be honest. <laughs> And I'll also have to say that this is the first episode um, that's sort of by request. By request? Yeah. We actually had um, a listener, Chris Bailey, contact us mm-hmm. asking us uh, whether we could do an episode on Red Dwarf. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a first. And also the first time where we've kind of forced the guests to do a particular topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, usually it's up to the guests to choose, but I thought since we got the request for the subject... I thought, well, who would be the best person to talk about that subject? Don't fight it, John. Just relax and it'll get easier. Just let it happen? Just let it happen. Let it happen? Okay. Let it happen. (sighs) Back to the womb. Okay. (laughs) Back to zero. So, um, actually, speaking of requests, we had a fan letter question. We had a fan letter from Alicia Buckingham of Hamilton. Do you guys drink a whole case every time you record an episode? Uh, Not a whole case, because we would be dead by Mm. now. (laughs) (laughs) Dead by now. But the idea is splitting a case of something. So... You know, you go and you split a case, you split a meal, you split a bill, whatever. You know, you're always drinking the whole thing, but you're splitting a case nonetheless. It could almost be a homonym, really, with the whole. There's, you're splitting the case of whatever you're drinking plus the case of whatever you're discussing, like yeah. case, subject, homonym, sort of. I think it's very clever. I don't know if it was deliberate, but well done. John, you've cracked that case. Oh my, I'm all over it. it. It was deliberate, but it was one of those things that if you mention it. It's no longer... Oh, fuck, I've ruined everything. <laughs> Rewind! <laughs> it's all right, fix it, in, fix, fix it in post. Rewind! Okay, so Moose was just saying before that he's not a massive Dwarf fan. Um, but okay. Yeah, he has seen... Yeah, oh, I've seen quite a bit of Red Dwarf, but not, I'm not actively not a fan. I don't not like it. I just haven't devoted time to it. Yeah, you're just not a fanatic. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've never really had anything to do with it. Until I met my now wife's granddad, who's uh, is passed, but he was a huge Red Dwarf fan. Right. So are uh, her family, and through meeting her and her family, I've watched quite a bit of it. So right. I have an understanding, and I have you know an appreciation for it. I've just never sorted out and watched it on my own. Right. So you you yeah probably not going to have the same levels of quotability as uh-uh. as either of us do. <laughs> no. But so, that's okay. That's okay. You, we can work around this. We it have does, all it, levels of experience. It, does, it doesn't make you a bad person. No. So, entry point? Entry you, point? As in, when did I as jump? As in Red Dwarf, yeah. Oh, God. Um, I don't ever remember a time in my life where Red Dwarf wasn't around, because it kicked off in 87, I was born in 82, and I think it was my grandfather who used to watch it a lot, and I just sort of picked it up by osmosis. I really started paying attention and watching it off my own bat, sort of around series three or four. I remember, I remember Starbug being on TV. <laughs> And then once I got into high school and I could start making my own choices about what the sort of things I wanted to watch, I sorted out and today's fish is drought cram. Do you want to explain that? No. <laughs> oh, you already ruined the name. <laughs> Just give me the quote. Um, explaining today's fish is drought cram. Yes. The first or second episode, the cat walks up to the food dispenser. He's like, food dispenser's like, how can I help you? Fish! And it responds, today's fish is trout a la creme. And he says it probably five or six times, and like every time it's just as enthusiastic. Fish! Today's fish is trout a la creme. And for some of us who have watched far too much Dwarf, it's almost Pavlovian now. Okay. You hear fish, and it's, today's fish is trout a la creme. For me, uh, I didn't get on quite so early. Mm-hmm. It was probably, I think it would have been like year seven or year eight. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, what's that, 97-ish? Yeah. 
So it was season seven that I saw yep. for the first time. Um, the JFK episode. Ticket to Ride. That was 98. At oh, Eddie. okay. So that's pretty late in getting into the show. Well, there's only... Yeah. And it's probably a season that's not well loved by the fan community. There are worse seasons. Five, eight. I'm glad that you said five because, um, I don't know, like four and five to me have always been... I don't know, the dark years. Like, there's some good individual episodes, but, yeah. but I feel like the seasons as a whole aren't that strong. But maybe yeah. saying that about four might be sacrilege. Uh, maybe. I think four's the strongest season because it's got episodes, it's got DNA, it's got White Hole, it's got, no, Polymorphs, Polymorphs season three or season four? Season three? Season three. Well, yeah, it's got those couple, sort of couple episodes, but there are some low points as well. So, I mean, each season has its good and bad episodes. But I think five is definitely the low point, and for no good reason, because you watch all the episodes and go, you know what, that's okay. But I think it's just something about the overall wasn't as good as the sum of its parts as it could have been, like the first couple of seasons, or like sort of season 10 was. So, Moose, the episodes that you've seen, do you, would you know, like, were they early on in the show's run, later on, or mm, you nope. wouldn't really have any way to tell? Wouldn't have a way to tell. Okay. Well, maybe this will help. Um, so the first two seasons of, of Red Dwarf was pretty much set um, entirely on Red Dwarf. Basically and in three rooms. Then was, I saw it early on. Yes. It was set in the drive room, the crew quarters, and the mess hall. Then I saw Th- it early That's on. pretty yeah. much... And they had like a hallway set. That yeah. was about it. And it was just Crichton, Lister, and the Cat. Yeah. No. no Rimmer, Lister, and the Cat. So it was very much... And Holly. Very much like a situational comedy... Yeah, and character driven as well like you know the three of them close quarters yeah. and that's where all the laughs came from there wasn't a lot of I guess adventuring no it was yeah but some of the, the the funniest and best quality episodes are in that first season oh for sure those probably the first three are definitely um, oh, the high points for definitely me. the strongest like especially season three opening with backwards that's <laughs> yes. just yes I've seen that one. Is that the like the reverse episode? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Where everything goes back in time. Yeah, and I've seen that one. The, the reverse brothers. Yeah. He's going to eat his whatever it is forwards, and the crowd, and they lose their shit over it, and the cat goes to do a poo, and it's hilarious because the poo crawls up his bum. I think we need an entry point for anyone who is like me and isn't, you know, well versed. So give me. You're the... always such a responsible podcast. I know. <laughs> I like We're just to like, think. I love it. I like to think that if there's someone out there going. I don't know what they're talking about. You can help them get a little into this. Well, and look, um, answer me this. Who's Dave? Who's Lister? Dave Lister is the central protagonist of the show. He's the last human being alive, space bum, lives his whole life revolves around curry and getting drunk. And he was a third technician and he's an orphan and had no real direction. And he's funny because he's liver publican. And how did he get where he is in the show? Uh, he got put into stasis. Because he had a cat. He smuggled a cat on board the ship. And so he was on on leave, came back onto the ship, had this cat, uh, got found out, got put in stasis, woke up three million years later, and everyone was dead. Who is Rimmer? Oh, Rimmer. Rimmer's second technician, Arnold Rimmer, who is the complete antithesis of all things Lister. He's... Arsehole. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, he's officious. He's I believe the phrase is smeghead. He's an absolute smeghead. That was going to be my crescendo, but you beat me to it. Um, no, yeah, Rimmer thinks he's God's gift to everything. He's going up the ziggurat lickety split. So he thinks he's going to be an officer, even though he's failed the engineering officer's exam seven or eight times or something. And he ended up brought back into existence because... He came back as a hologram. Because um, when Lister would turn out to be the last man alive, Holly, the ship's computer, resurrected him as a hologram... To keep Lister sane. Cat. Uh, cat is the descendant of the cat that uh, that Lister... Frankenstein, the holy mother. Um, so, humanoid race um, evolved over those three million years. From cats. There was some holy war, I believe, between the <laughs> faction that fought they yep. should wear... Red hats, red, hats, yeah. red hats and green hats. The whole backstory of the cat people is that they thought Lister was their messiah. He was, it, was, it was close to the stupid... He brought Frankenstein, the Holy Mother, on board the ship, and then he got frozen in time, and he was going to come back and lead them all to Fujal, which he had a plan after he'd done his tour of duty. He was going to get to live and live on Fiji and start a farm. So then this holy war broke out between the cats of what colour the paper hats were going to be and the hot dog stand he was going to start. It was between, are they going to be red or are they going to be green? 
And then when Lister finds his head, he's like, they were both wrong. They're supposed to be blue. It's really sad that, like, just hearing about this, I'm thinking of episodes and laughing. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, it's, though. It's, it's bad. You're thinking of waiting for God, aren't you? Yeah. That's how it becomes a cult show. Uh, Holly. Holly is the ship's computer who originally had an IQ of 6,000, now has an IQ of about 6. He's got com- all his information from the junior encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Holly was originally a male, played by Norman Lovett in the first two seasons, and then they switched it, and for seasons three, four, and five, was that because he, was he difficult to work with? He's or? been notoriously difficult to work with because he's just an old stand-up comedian, an old telly actor who thinks he's king shit. Boy reports, I don't know him, so I can't tell you. And the network were like, all the network. BBC were like, hang on, you've got four males on that show and no female presence whatsoever. So they swapped it out and Holly had some system crash and had rebooted with the appearance of a female. And that's the first Holly I remember. So I must have come in with season four. No, season three. I must have come in about that time, which is what I thought. And she was not well loved by the fandom because she wasn't normal love it. And then they got rid of... But they 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 wrote the lines the same as what they would have before... I always thought like it was just I guess delivered differently yeah. but as far as you know what was said it's it remained the same character like yeah. in one episode they were trying to give Holly her genius back when it was female by this point and they were hoping to restore it to the 6000 point and they were just hoping that they could get it at a point where she'd have to where she'd be able to count by not banging her head on the screen hmm. is it innate sexism by the people watching it the initial fans in 1980, whatever. Seven. 87, that their all-male cast was added by a female? I don't think so. I think it's Or just, is it just pop culture fans don't like change? I think it's more pop culture fans don't like change. Except to the Whovians, who, but then again, they hate every time it changes, but then, <sighs> then every time they sort of get used to the Doctor, and they go, the Doctor's going to regenerate. And they go, no, we love this Doctor, he's the best, but you hated him when he came along. But this isn't the Doctor Who episode, this is the Red Dwarf episode. And yeah, I think that was a big well, part. I mean, it's related. Same, oh, same network. It's all it's all England. Um, I think there's something very interesting to be said in that that whole thing of did they hate her as a replacement, like hate Hattie Hayridge's delivery and performance of Holly, or did they just hate the fact that it wasn't Norman Lovett? But by the same token, there wasn't the same backlash when they brought Crichton on board as a fourth. Mm-hmm. But then he was a male character, mm-hmm. well, as male as an android can be. So I don't know if it's as much about change or let's not change our male character to a female character. I think it's just people yeah. used get used to something and yeah. don't like change. Yeah, I mean, I, I had no problem with her as a character. I thought it was her portrayal was holy. I thought she was great. But then you know, I started with her and went, then went back to him. So I've got no great preference between the two now. So And finally, Crichton. Oh, Crichton. Crichton, the series 4000 mechanoid, who is effectively the neurotic space janitor. Who they found on... Actually found him in season two, played by a different actor that ended up playing him long term. He'd affected his the ship he'd been on the Nova Five had crashed, and he went through and he did all this spring cleaning because well that's why the ship because he he cleaned the Navicomp and then they crashed and he was keeping in inverted commas the three he was keeping them the three survivors alive but they'd been dead for three million years and he just didn't want to accept that they were dead because then he'd have no purpose. Talky toaster. <sighs> Talky toaster. Possible. I, I've <laughs> I actually had a, um, a friend of mine his missus knits custom stuff so I had a talky toaster made for a friend of mine for Christmas. Nice. A little knitted one. Um, talky toaster is the toaster that talks, hence the name talky toaster. It's a very clever name. It's just, oh, a lot of thought went into it. Absolute lot of thought. And talky toaster being probably one of my favourite guest characters of the entire series. His whole thing, his, his whole raison d'être is I toast, therefore I am. And but there's a problem with the program. It's basically. It's a toaster designed with a little AI in it, so you've got a chirpy breakfast companion to have some light conversation with over toast. Unfortunately, if you don't want to eat a thousand rounds of toast every hour, he takes a major wobbler, which leads and to he one was of the... also involved in that um, the IQ. He was. That was the episode. Was um, White Hole is the episode that was from, and there's the, the amazing speech where he's trying to figure out: Do you really like any toast? No, we don't like any toast. Do you like any waffles? No, we don't. Want, we don't like toast. We don't. We want no buns, baps, baguettes, or bagels. No tea cakes, no potato cakes, and no hot cross buns, and definitely no smegging flapjacks. Toast without missing a beat. Ah, so you're a waffle man. <laughs> and then Lister gets a little bit angry at him because the toaster also appeared in an earlier episode. In was it se- one of the first episodes in season one? Yeah, but a completely different look and a completely different personality. And then when they they, they resurrected him, they said, "Why did we find the toaster in three million bits at the bottom of a bottom of the trash compactor?" 
And Lisa said, yep, it was an accident involving the toaster, the trash compactor, and a 13-pound lump hammer. But what, how did you feel about season 10? Um, I actually don't remember it that well. Oh, really? In fact, I watched um, the first episode earlier today. Yeah. Because I was sort of This isn't through... the newish season, is it? Yeah, this is the newest one. Okay, that's 10. Yeah, I did watch it when it came out, and yep. I probably watched it maybe two or three times all the way through. Yep. But compared to how many times I've watched the rest of the series... Yeah. It doesn't really stick in my mind that much. Like, I remember the basics of some episodes. Yeah. But there's no way that I could really quote it. And I didn't really get into Back to Earth. Back to Earth was terrible. Much. Like it. So which one was Back to Earth? Back to Earth was the movie-length three-parter they did a few years ago. 2009? 2009, I want to say. So when was the 10th season? 10th season was last year before, 2013, I want to say. Okay, so there's a three part of then the season and now... Yeah, okay. Yeah, now we're going to get 11 and 12. Um, Basically, because there'd been no new Red Dwarf since Series 8 in 1999, so it had been 10 years since then, New Dwarf. So instead of doing a new series, they did what was effectively a movie about (coughs) the crew getting off Red Dwarf, falling through a quantum singularity or something, and ending up on an alternate reality Earth where Red Dwarf exists in its real form as a TV show, and they've gone to the alternate reality where that took place, and it was not well received because it wasn't great. The cast themselves freely admit to this. The line that came to my head just then was, it's too early for this Star Trek crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, from, that's from the last day in season three. Um, yeah, that's what we do. No, see, the first the first third of Back to Earth, I felt was really good because it was on board the dwarf doing their thing. Once they got, So at least they've got extra points for nostalgia. That's right. And yeah. it was just, let's do our thing. That's why I really liked season 10. I rewatched it probably two or three months ago. And it's just some funny, funny stuff. It's as funny as anything else they've ever done. Like the episode where Lister was, leaving, like, was getting drunk and leaving himself messages as his dad. It was gold. Well, it seemed like they sort of tried to bring the show back to what it was. Yeah. I guess in its successful seasons. Well, like, I and guess if you've the, had the 10 years seasons. off, you're never going to... You're never going to get right back into it. No. But this is the thing, though. After they did Back to Earth, they realised, okay, we tried something different and it didn't work. So they've gone back to the basics, which is the three guys, or the four guys, just doing their thing. Yeah. Kachansky, who had been on the show, she was gone. Uh, We'll come back to that in a minute. I know what happened with that because Craig Charles told me. And there was no Holly. And the reason Norman Lovett didn't come back was because they put him on standby to do Back to Earth. And he was like, yep, yeah, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm booked, I'm booked, I'm booked. And then they didn't write him in, and then they didn't tell him he wasn't booked. It just went into production, and so he's like, well, fuck ya. I'm sick of your shit. Well, boy, well, as we sort of touched on before, it sounds like that's been a, a long-running... A very long-running... Yeah. Lorman love it being difficult. I mean, I've not read any direct reports about it, and I didn't ask the guys about it, but, yeah... What's well, it'd sort of be an awkward thing to bring up. Yeah. Like so, so as, as much as even if he may have been difficult at the time, you still gotta feel some sort of, you know Yeah, you can't really turn around if you're interviewing the cast of a TV show that's ridiculously popular and go, Hey, so is Norman Lovett a dick or what? Yeah, not real professional. Really. No, because I mean I should probably go in and explain that the story to your listeners and to you because I don't think you know the story. No, bring it on. Two and a bit years ago when I was hosting a different I was hosting a different podcast before I did Nerd Corner. We were doing coverage for a Star Trek and Red Dwarf convention weekend in Sydney. And I actually got to sit down with Craig Charles, Robert Llewellyn and Danny John Jules in an interview and talk to the three guys and possibly the most surreal moment of my life. I'm sitting basically on a couch as far away as I am from you, from Craig Charles, with Crichton sitting next to him and the cat sitting down the end. And yeah, that was bizarre. It was it's just odd. Because I mean, Crichton, obviously Robert Llewellyn wasn't wearing his makeup. Cat didn't have his stuff on. But you look at Craig Charles... He just looks like Lister. Yeah. And I'm like, he looks and talks and sounds like Lister. I'm like, that's Lister. <laughs> but yeah, so that was cool. Um, I'll send you the link to where you can find that and you can do with it what you will. Cool. Um, so oh, I'll do any... with it what I will. I'll bet you will, you dirty buggy. You go from port to port. Paul McCartney. So any highlights <laughs> from the, the interview? Oh, it's... Um, I actually listened to it again this afternoon before I came around because I thought this might have came up. They'd been asked in the previous interview and the question always comes up about the American pilot. What happened? What were their thoughts on that? Was that the one that Terry Farrell? Terry, they did two. Terry Farrell's in one, and Hinton Battle, the dancer slash singer actor guy, is in the other as the cat. But Robert Llewellyn was in both, and the boys have never let him live it down, and neither of the fans. So every time it, 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 it inevitably comes up at every panel, every Q and A, T 
tell us about the American pilot. And at this point, the boys just give him shit over it. So as soon as we sat down, it's like, right, we're going to have a chat. And then without even skipping a beat, Craig tells us, yeah, let's talk about the American pilot. <laughs> and yeah, that was... Um, we talked about why Chloe Annette, Christine Kachansky, wasn't in season 10. Because I, I asked Craig, I'm like, well, was there a special reason? Do you know? And he's like, oh, well, look, she was up for it. And they put her on standby. But, and it's not like they'd written her out or anything. What it came down to was a budgetary thing. They could either put the money that they would have spent on her into better production value and whatnot, or they could have the lesser production and include Kachansky. And, yeah, there's no there's no issue with Chloe being part of the crew or not. She would just, yeah, they didn't use her because budgetary and story. So that was a big part of that. What else? Oh, what else? We even, this is some highlights. Talking to um, Danny John Jules about his teeth. He's like, yep, yeah, no, he, he wanted to have something that was going to make him more feline. He's like, well, I wanted to have a tail, but there was no good way to have a tail. So he went with the teeth and he just worked around it because he's professional. And then for a bit we talked about, have you ever watched Can't Smeg, Won't Smeg? No, that doesn't even make much sense to me. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Um, it's one of the special features on the season four DVD. While they were making season seven, they did their own version of Can't Cook, Won't Cook with Ainsley Harriet. Right, okay. They did it in front of a studio audience on the set with Ainsley Harriet and they did it in character. It was Crichton and Crichton and Crichton and Lister on one team, and Danny John Jules started as the cat and ended up as Dwayne Dibley on the other team with Rimmer and Ainsley Harriet did his thing, and it was mostly ad libbed by the guys and it was hilarious. And I was asking because and Chloe Annette was going to be their tester and obviously Craig Charles, not the world's greatest cook, and living it up, he made this atrocious attempt at this curry. And she nearly vomited when she tasted it. And as I said, I said, look, was that her legit reaction? And you just hear Robert going, it was. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'll send you the link for that and you can have a bit of a listen. But yeah, they were all really lovely, genuine guys. And uh, talk to anyone from the Trek world as well? I did talk to some people from the Trek world that weekend. The two, the woman that played Jadzia Dax and the woman that played Ezri Dax. I talked to them for that show and a couple of other Trek people and one of the Mythbusters and a bunch of other people we've had on the show. Nice. News? Smeg is a brand of appliance. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see you like using you, your phone before, and I'm like, I don't know if you're bored for material, or material. For material here. So no, I, I just no. phone you to see what you have. I went fridge shopping yesterday. Yeah, and we ended up talking about the brand of appliances, Smeg. I, I would, I would absolutely want to get that Finish brand. Your entire kitchen. Yeah, just with <laughs> just, <laughs> just for that point. Why do you think the show has been so? Like, why does it work, and why has it been so successful? It's one of those shows that it doesn't need. To try too hard. <laughs> yeah. Like, it sort of feels... It does feel like friends hanging out and joking with each other. It does. And there's so many, I guess, recurring gags. Yep. That it's it's sort of comfortable because, yep. you know, you can watch one season, leave it, come back a couple seasons later, and you're like, oh, it's a nice little callback to something that happened years before yeah but by the same token though you don't have to have it's not one of those shows where you've got to watch it in order episode one two three all the way through to understand no, no, the jokes chuck on, but there's plenty of uh i guess standout episodes yeah in each season that you can easily skip to yeah because i mean i know when i i don't if i don't do a run of red dwarf i go right i'm gonna catch up with the dwarf i don't start at the end and work all my way through to the end of season 10 i cherry pick that sounds exhausting oh god like laugh. as much as you love something that sounds like too much. It sounds like a lot of work. Well, it's what? Six episodes a season? Yeah, it's way too much. And because some of those, some of the episodes aren't great. It's like Wax World's not phenomenal and Legion's not great and neither's the Inquisitor. But it balances out with episodes like Polymorph and Emo Hawk that are just amazing. And yeah. Polymorph is the episode uh, in reference to your shirt. It is. It is. I, I felt I'd wear my Give Keisha Chance shirt to dress for the occasion. I just thought it was punny. It is pretty funny. You're amusing me no end. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're having a great time on this episode, aren't you? Yeah. Um, I'm actually enjoying listening you're to like, this. I'm learning, a, I'm learning a lot about the dwarf. I'm a fan. Of the show or of the dwarf? Podcast. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, you're just a sicker fan for this case. <laughs> <laughs> turn up for record. <laughs> my only regret in life is that I can't just sit back and listen to my own podcast. I do sit back and listen to my own podcast. And you think, yes, we're hilarious. Geniuses. Yeah, genius is the, is the word we choose. Oh, we choose genius? All right. Oh, we don't choose genius. Genius it, is thrust upon us. Genius chose you. Yes. It's, it's a terrible it's burden. 
But yeah, no, the give cheek, give cheek, the, the shirt I'm wearing. Quiche. Give quiche a chance because words are hard. <clears throat> um, I've already done six hours worth of podcasting this weekend. Leave me alone. Um, and, and also the combining with alcohol. There's that too, but it I'm, does make it a bit harder to podcast. Uh, uh, yes. Not at this does point it. when it's only two drinks in. A few more and we'll see how we go. Um, yeah, there's an episode where Rimmer loses his ability to get angry. And he's got this he's god awful glasses and this goatee, and he's wearing the shirt that I'm wearing now that says just big red letters, give Keisha a chance. And yes, that's funny. And a friend of mine bought it for me for Christmas last year. That's one of one of the classics, I'd have to say. Yeah. Chameleonic life forms, no thanks. <laughs> All these slogans. Like it's like Red Dwarf's probably up there with the Simpsons as far as references to other pop culture. Oh, easily. Events, like the amount of stuff littered in there that you, until you've seen that movie, you might not even know it. That's but right. Then you, you see something and you're like, oh, that's Red Dwarf. Dwarf did that. Yeah. I get it now. Yeah. And it's not that you needed to get it to, be, to begin with that's to enjoy right. the episode, but it's just littered with all this stuff. Well, it's like when, as you say, you sort of started with Ticket to Ride. At that age, you wouldn't have known squat about Kennedy or the assassination. You would have just thought it was funny. And then as I, you, I did. Yep. I'd seen JFK. Oh, well, fair enough. <laughs> well, yes. Okay, well, that ruins my point then. But it's a similar theory. But, you know, I, I guess all the references to, I don't know, I guess Alien. Yeah. Star Trek as a whole. Yeah. Well, this is a funny story. When Easy pa- Rider. Oh, God, Easy Rider. <laughs> um, when Patrick Stewart first watched the show, he was flicking through channels. He was somewhere one night. He saw it and he thought it was a ripoff of The Next Generation. Like a, And he was about to call his lawyer to go, look, we need to sue these people because they've stolen our shtick. <laughs> And then as he's reached for the phone, there was a joke, and he's laughed. He's like, oh, I'm going to put this back down. And he's hadn't watched it. And yeah, Picard, um, Picard, um, Patrick Stewart is one of the show's most famous massive fans. fans, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was ever intended as a rip-off. No, it's... Like, it's definitely its own thing. And the other thing is, it's both shows started in 1987. So I think Red Dwarf in itself is just a piss-take of sci-fi overall. Yeah. Because there's no rules to the science. There's no logic to what they do. They just make shit up as they go. Yeah, well, the its own canon doesn't even really add up. No, <laughs> no, they they retcon shit every episode. Like sometimes Lister and Kachansky were together, sometimes they weren't, sometimes they were. It's and Lister's his own dad. Oh, Lister is his own dad, which I think is a stroke of genius. Only a show like that can get away with. It's like one of my favorite episodes of season ten is the one I mentioned before, where he, he gets drunk and like every year he gets drunk and sends himself a Father's Day card. He's like, that's lovely. Yeah, he's like, oh. Oh, he's like, oh, he's a great dad. And one of the other guys points out, well, what, what, is actually, what, is, what do you do for yourself as your dad? He's like, oh, I've got a terrible dad. And then he gets drunk and starts leaving himself messages. He's like, go and, go and do your exam. I'm not going to do it. No, don't watch this video until you've done it. He's like, no, see, I told you you wouldn't do it. Then he's like flushes his own guitar into space as punishment. Okay, so favorite episodes? Oh, God. And we'll do this by, by series. Oh, okay. Easier. Okay, cool. So series one, season one, and there's a lot. They're all quality. there's a lot of classic episodes. That season. I would almost have to say the first episode, the end is just phenomenal. Either it's either the end or waiting for God. Waiting for God being the one where they find the cat priest and you find out about it's cloister the stupid. And so what about the end? Really makes that stick out for you, which oh, is episode one. It's, it's yeah, the, the irony of, of <laughs> the last episode being called the end. Um, it's an it's, it's obviously it's the setup, and I think it's. It really did hit the ground running, which is literally true of the cat because he jumped out of the event. And I think it's got, it's already had some of the sharpest jokes and the situations they were in were just hilarious as well. And it was almost a microcosm. It could have been a standalone special from the way it started with Lister having the cat and, well, Lister and Rumor doing their thing and then everybody dying and are you trying to tell me everybody's dead? Which is my favourite ongoing, it's my favourite Red Dwarf joke. The thing where we couldn't accept everybody was dead to the point where... I mean, the lead up has to be eating... Bits and pieces of everybody. Oh, I've been eating half the crew. (laughs) Yeah, are you trying to tell me everybody's dead? And that's my go-to for when someone won't listen to me. To the point where when I got Craig to sign my copy of the log, the book that he wrote, I'm like, "Can you write? Are you trying to tell me everybody's dead?" And he's looked up at me and he said, "He's like, are you trying to tell me everybody's dead?" (laughs) That's just such a lovely thing to do for a fan. Like, because he's like, because I said it, he's he's sort of always questioned. He's like, "Are you trying to tell me everybody's dead?" I'm like. Yes, please. He's like, all right. <laughs> He's written it down. Um, yeah, probably because it's got that moment in it. And it, it tells a complete story, really. And then it, yeah, and it ends with, look out, Earth, the slime's coming home. It goes, it almost runs full circle. 
and it, it's one of those there's not a lot of first episodes of shows that are what the show will continue to be yes like a lot of seasons or TV shows will have you know their pilot episode or first episode they haven't really found you know their stride yet mm. it's a bit shaky but it starts off damn strong and nothing really changes like no. it's not like I mean they get Crichton and whatnot, but the premise of the show doesn't yeah. change no and that's still like two whole seasons away, yeah really well for me in season one I'd have to say me squared what do you mean you killed him? Cha cha cha! Like it's just and the oh, that's um, confidence and paranoia. Me squares yeah, yeah. the one with the two where Rimo replicates himself. And for me, my favourite scenes the uh, the ocean grey and the military grey. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the concept is Lister thinks he's finally going to get Kachansky's hologram. Yep. And Rim has organised it. They switch on the hologram, and it's not Kachansky. It's another Rimmer. It's a second Rimmer. And so there's two Rimmers, and of course. They hate each other. Because, and there's an explanation in the novel, which we'll get to the books eventually. There's an explanation of hologram, like the second Rimmer that they create is the Rimmer before he died, based off that personality. And Rimmer that brings him back as the hologram has gone through all that stuff and has changed as a person, not necessarily for the better or worse, but since he's been in deep space with Lister. And that's why they've got that. The di- slightly different personality. That's right. But they're still, it's Rimmer because he's a jerk. Can't even get along with himself. But I just there's just so many scenes in that episode that crack me up, like you know when they're exercising, like when the exercise scene, or even when they're packing up Rimmer stuff from the shared quarters with Lister into their own room. When the uh, the Wait, his, bronze he, he, swimming certificate, yeah. <laughs> the BSC SSC, and he wants um, and he wants, that's, that and that poster. It's my poster, but it's my blue tack. It's it just sums up that character. Yeah. And I'm looking. I'm looking for the season two episode list because I don't actually know which one from season two. I'm probably going to say time slides. I, not, I, I not did cheat and write a list for myself. Oh, did you? Well, not of all the episodes of the episodes that I think are great. Oh, sorry. And just one thing before we move on. Mm-hmm. Future echoes. Oh god, I future. Can't, e- can't believe neither of us went to future echoes. Because that's. Does that mean anything to you? No. Nope. I'm just trying to include you. So very kind. <laughs> um, so Future Echoes is, I guess, a more of a sci-fi-ish episode. Yep. Um, so this is the second episode of season one. So after the setup episode, they jump straight into it. And it's an episode essentially about time travel because they go faster than the speed of light. So they start seeing Future Echoes. Hmm. And so Rimmer um, ends up seeing Lister die. And then we end up discovering that it's not Lister who dies, it's his son that dies. And then Lister meets an older version of himself that comes back to let him know that everything's going to be okay and blah, blah, blah. Sounds like a good show. It's good. <laughs> it is. Uh, no, Future Echoes is really good. <laughs> I love it. You're just entertaining me. I'm glad. Season two. Um... <clears throat> Probably thanks for the memory. That's on my list. <laughs> yeah. Either thanks for the memory or stasis leak. Okay, I didn't have stasis leak. I had thanks for the memory, better than life. Yeah. And Queeg. Queeg's good. Queeg is Queeg was essentially a joke that Holly. Yeah, basically made up. because Holly was a useless computer, he created this second persona of a really efficient computer that was really hard on the crew and he's like, no, if you want to you want to get fed, you've got to earn it. You've got to scrub the floors to get 1p and all sorts of things. And then at the end, then when they got rid of him, Holly came back and he's like, see, maybe things weren't so bad under your old pal Holly. Gets all his information from the gym. The gym book of space. Of space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Quig's good, but no, I really, thanks for the memory. With the fried egg chili chutney sandwich. Yep, the fried egg chili chutney sandwich. As he's talking about, it hurts like hell, and it's below the leg. Hello. When he's trying to remember talking about this, is how they give a speech. Because he said everything is aliens. <laughs> the memory to the memory of the memory of Lisa Yates. Moosey, what is your favorite episode in season two? I don't know. It would be whatever I said. <laughs> I feel like we just have you 
we've taken you prisoner. Yep. <laughs> and now you just have to listen to this. I'm learning things. You've got to learn about right? the show. Do you have any episodes that you actually remember what happened and them being funny? Nope. Okay, excellent. <laughs> Moving on. I watched them. I enjoyed them. Apparently there's more coming. There is. That's all you need to know, really. You're doing well. See, I kind of feel like... And bear with me here. Okay. Okay, this will be I'm, I'm strapping myself in. Okay. Red Dwarf is sort of like the Spice Girls TV. You know, like the Spice right. Girls of TV. Hold on. It's quintessentially British. Yep. It yep. was huge in its time. It waned in popularity a little bit. It grew... like They kind of split one left. They released a mediocre album. And then now, you know, they reform... And they're back, and they're not quite as sharp as they were, but when you see them opening the Olympics, you're super excited, and you have to be late to work to watch it. And they're not, you know, they're not quite all there, but when they're wearing, like, black stilettos out and, like, riding the top of black cabs in a huge stadium, you're like, yeah, you go, girls. <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel like <laughs> that's Red Dwarf. I mean, it kind of worked, I guess. You know what, I can't argue that. <laughs> There's no arguing to be had. Yeah. You're a man of few words this episode, but you really delivered that. Uh, thank you. <laughs> no, it's a that's a really good way to. to it's it's an amazing um, analogy for the history of Red Dwarf. Mm. Red Dwarf is the Spice Girls. Yeah, pretty much. Drew Halliwell just got married the other day, and the only thing that struck me apart, apart from the fact that um, Baby Spice was there and her sons were like the junior page boys, whatever. Um, the junior page. Boys. I don't know page boys. It's a thing like junior, something. They were kids. And they they were, were kids suits. in suits. Yeah, there you go. Um, was that she was brunette. And I'm like, oh, you can't just... It's your identifier. Who's a brunette? Jerry Halliwell, Ginger Spice. No. She's a brunette. Yeah, she got married as a brunette. So she's essentially shared her identity. And she didn't... And I bet she didn't do it in the little Union Jack dress either, did she? No, she didn't. We can only be one form of ourselves. That's right. And that's... Forever and ever. It's very odd that there was like all that patriotic stuff in the UK in the mid-90s between Spice Girls with UK dresses mm-hmm. and Noel Gallagher strutting a... Oh yeah, Union Jack guitar. It's, oh, it's, it's very just an much time. yeah, oh, very much a UK phenomenon. But you know, it kind of works. The guys in Red Dwarf are going to be playing the guys in Red Dwarf forever at conventions at, in their living room. You know, there'll always be those guys. I mean, Jerry will always be wearing Union Jack in my mind. Yeah, Jerry will always be a Spice Girl. Um, to be fair though, Craig Charles is on Coronation Street. Yeah, but nobody wants he's, that. He's uh, old. He's do. He's Lloyd, the taxi driver. And he sleeps with everyone's wives. Ah. <laughs> that dirty scoundrel. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the Spice Girls. That's right. Well, I guess he... Well, I guess he could be an irresponsible dad on Coronation Street too. <laughs> I reckon he probably could be. He sounds like he's going to be one. What's on your season three list? Season three. Okay. This is where it starts to get difficult. Okay. So I cut it down to one or two each season. So yep. I'm saying for series three, body swap. Oh, yeah. And backwards. Yeah. I would I'd almost say backwards and polymorph. Polymorph's brilliant. I love polymorph, but this is why I say it gets really difficult. But um, body swap is another example of the physical comedy when they're that all the show does so well. When they're all taking over each other's bodies, and then they just did it so well. Yeah, and you could only do that, you know, after years of being in the show together, <laughs> yep. knowing the nuances of yep. you know how to Absolutely. how to pull that off the delivery. But look, there's not looking at season three. There's not an episode where you go, "Yeah, that's not very good," because I mean, you're looking at episodes like Marooned, which is amazing. Time slides where they're going back in time to Sabrina Maholland to Jones, and the tension sheet. Is it? Um, is Marooned the one with the pot noodle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The pot noodle and the dog food and the camp for wood chest. And then there's the last day. That's where you don't give me that Star Trek crap comes from. Is that the episode that starts with um, tongue tied? Yes. Yes. No, Tongue Tide's from season two. Oh, it is too. It's the last episode. It's right. from the last episode of season two, yeah. And fuck, that'll get stuck in your head. Hang on, I'm going to season four now. Okay, let's jump. Okay, let's yeah, I've got nothing left. Season three is amazing. Uh, there's no real low point. Season four? Season four, it's fairly simple. White hole and dimension jump. Okay, yeah, I've got dimension jump. Dimension jump, I, ace, I, I ace mean, rumor. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> So, do you know who Ace Rimmer is? Rimmer? 
Rumor's kind alter- of, kind it's of. rumor from an alternate reality where he had um, he got he got kept back a year, like he had to repeat year two or year three or something. Yeah, and that made him strive harder. And he's like now this super successful, super wall to wall charisma mm-hmm. test pilot in the space corps. And he comes across from that reality to the red dwarf reality, and meets himself and is less than impressed. I imagine like that would be me. Like one day, currently- I would meet a version of myself where something happened, you know, in my childhood that just. Made me strive a little harder, and yep. I don't know. I wouldn't have like or my maybe mind this is away that like wet cake. Oh, I'd hate to see the other version. <laughs> then make you feel better. I guess, but I don't think I'd like to see successful, happy with why? life mates. Why? Because I think I just get resentful. You'd have a tennis court. Oh, but I don't like. Te- well, maybe maybe alternate reality me likes tennis. Yeah. I just. I don't think I'd like to see that. I could have done that if I'd have just applied myself a little bit harder. No one ever do a lot wants of things to if we think applied of that, I don't think. No. You don't want to imagine a better version of yourself that you can't have. Well, well that's like, why... I mean, if you can achieve it still, that's Well, that that's you could different. have had. Yeah. You could have had if you were... If um, one thing had been different in your life. Or, that, like, if there was a catalyst for you to strive to be... Yeah. It's like Madonna. She, I was reading. Okay. I was reading. I, I love that all your metaphors today. You're like, okay, so the Spice Girls. No, yeah, all, like all, these metaf- all these metaphors are about middle aged women. Let's I go. I was reading this interview with Madonna, who's pushing you out of middle age now um, into old age. Yeah. Um, She's, yeah. D- it's definitely time to go to the exchange. She said, <laughs> she said, like, if she had had the like the support of a loving mother when she was a child you know if her mother hadn't have died or what or what have you like she if she had have had that she might have you know been a middle-aged school teacher married with kids and you know like living in some small town and that would have been enough for her but because she was deprived of a lot of things in an early age she was incredibly you know incredibly driven. driven to get out of that to get somewhere to make something of herself and like Maybe it's not even if something had have happened, it's if something hadn't have happened or if whatever, you know, there's that crux there. It's that whole sliders thing of... You could be your own ace rimmer. Oh, I don't want to... I don't want to meet that guy. Sounds dirty too. (laughs) Well, that just reminded me of the um, last episode of Flash that was on last week. Yeah. Barry had to make that choice. Have you been watching Flash? Uh Uh-uh. Okay, let's not talk about it. Okay, well, let's not talk about two shows. <laughs> we'll just seen. keep stacking on shows that you haven't seen and talk about them. I got them. I got five episodes in and just went, really just not engaged. You can't compare Flash to Gotham. Flash I know, is a bit, great series. I'm, and I'm Gotham only, is not. I'm only comparing it to like, I, I give it a try and I just wasn't engaged in it. I was just like, uh. If it wasn't had, for the character of Penguin, the show would be unwatchable. Oh yeah, Penguin makes like, it worth it. And even that's being generous yeah. like oh, it's pretty bad but at least that dude's like okay yeah that bit's okay to watch I can watch him now I gave up probably five or six episodes in yeah around when, the same time as I when did. they introduced that here here's a grown up lawyer called Harvey Dent I was out I went through that I went through ten years of that shit with Smallville I'm not doing it again yeah I don't know I'm really bad like once I start something I have to see it through even though I'm not enjoying it anymore. It's like, I kind of need to watch this to see how bad it gets. I watched two seasons of the following. Two seasons. Did you make it all the way through Lost? No. I didn't well, that, well, then I'm one up on you. I, um, I didn't really start watching it, though. So, I just never... It was one of those things I never really got into. Well, I don't know. It seemed like there was a lot of time needed to invest in it. Oh, it's like, not worth it. Now, people say to me, now I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch Lost because I never watched it. I'm like, don't. Because the first season was really good, and then it took a nosedive pretty quickly. Could you watch it just as a standalone season and not watch any more? No, because it, it no, because it goes straight into it, it. It answers no questions. It goes straight into a cliffhanger. Okay, it's it's not worth your your time or your effort. Okay, White Hole spewing time. Engines dead. Air supply low. Advice please. White Hole is probably my second favorite from that season. That's Talkie Toaster trying to make Holly a genius again. What season are we up to now? That, that was season four. Season four, right. Cool. This is season five. This is the shit one. What did I have? I had quarantine. Yeah, quarantine and probably terraform. Or back to reality. I had back to reality, yeah. You know, looking at some of these episodes, the good is good, but the bad of season five is yeah, really bad. There's some dross. There's, there's, there's Holoship. There's the Inquisitor. There's Demons and Angels. But the others are okay. Like terraform when they go inside Rumor's mind is pretty good. So maybe it's not as bad as it were. It's the good's really good and the bad's really bad. It's a, it's a, it's definitely a series of two halves. There's no or two extremes. 
Because, like, quarantine is amazing. You know what happens when you call me Tetchy? <laughs> Do you want to give uh, give Moose the, the rundown on that episode? Of quarantine? Yeah. Um, Rimo... I just wasn't sure if you are falling asleep. I'm the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with this. Do you need to make another aging female musician analogy yet? No. Can I- you, though? Give me the rundown and I can. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, in this episode, they find... <laughs> Basically, a computer virus infects Rumor's programming because he's a hologram, and then he's pissy at the other crew or whatever, the rest of the car, the rest of the crew, and he puts them all into quarantine. But because Lister is the only registered crew member on board the ship, they only for the for Lister, Crichton, and the cat, they get put into single per, single berth quarantine accommodations, and then hilarity ensues from there. So it's pretty much Billy Piper's transition from pop star to Doctor Who film star, effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Except nobody sings Honey to the Bee. No. Which is a shame because everybody should be singing Honey to the Bee. Because we want to. It's, it was, I wonder how much she's tried to, to run from that. I don't know. You reckon I she embraces it? Because she, you never hear it mentioned in interviews or anything. No, but I don't think she's tried to run like, for it. Like she's just another phase in her not life. The Kylie, you know? Not the way Kylie did with... Um, oh, what was it called? I should be so lucky. Yeah, I feel like... Like, oh, I just lost it for a sec. It's like Marky Mark, you know? Yep. He's, no, ne- he's at a point now where nobody asks him about the Marky funky Mark bunch. and the Funky Bunch, you know? He just, he gets judged on his current film work. And I think and does once, he what? It's like a Transformer. Yeah, there you go. But, you know, <laughs> Billy... He, he, he peaked with Boogie Nights, let's be honest. But still, I, well, I liked him in Ted. I thought Ted was Oh, right. yeah, Ted. Yeah. I always forget about Ted. Ted was pretty good. Yeah. Um... And Tattoo is coming out, so he's still doing things that I might like. Yeah. Um, but, but no, Billy Piper and Honey to the Bee. But hold on, no, she came, like, I think all of that pop star time with Billy Piper was very much, you know, for her, remembered as, like, a very bad controlling marriage, I think she she had at the time. Uh, yeah. She married a manager or something like that, anyway. Yeah. But if you're going to start, if you're going to start an acting career, starting strong with a, like, coming a in Doctor as, Who reboot, when you come in as the rebooted successful, companion. you know, she, she easily catapulted herself into this whole other thing. Yeah. You don't need to think about her pop career because she went from that to Secretary of a Cold yep. Girl. And whatever she's doing since. I think she's busy being a mum now. Yeah, she's, I think she's done a, a, she's done a bit of stage work. She's yeah. still doing conventions because that's... A... Well, she was out here a couple of months ago for Oz Comic Con in Adelaide, I think. Yeah, she was. Red Dwarf, season six. Okay, season six. Well, I don't know if this is just pandering, it, but it's... Yeah. It has to be... It has to be Emo Hawk. And Gunman. Oh, Gunman of the Apocalypse, yeah. Gunman and Emo Hawk. That's... They're the two that I've got down. <laughs> they're actually all... They're all pretty good. Sirens, uh, other than the Legion. Legion absolutely low was the average of the season. Siren, Sirens was hilarious. Gunman was just a whole other thing. Emo Hawk's probably the best episode of Red Dwarf they've ever done. I would almost go as far as. And... He's trying to tweet a photo of the cat. Rimmer World and Out of Time together. Rimmer World was actually pretty good. Right? Rimmer World's good. Yeah, the only low point of season six is Legion. It's just such and a... that's not so bad. It, it's, I think it's just relative to the rest of the series, yeah. like the rest of that particular season. It just doesn't work. We've uh, got an extra guest on we the podcast. We do right have an extra now. guest. We have the cat. <laughs> wow! That's the cat. It's a really cool cat. Yeah. Are we, are we tweeting photos of the cat? Is that what's happening here? I just take them for my own collection. Oh, okay. So you're a crazy cat lady. <laughs> I'm no lady, mister. Oh, fair enough. Cool. So, Series 7, like I said, was uh, the season that I started with. Yep. So it does have a so fairly sentimental place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Ticket to Ride was classic. Yeah. Blue, I think, is really good as well. I do like Blue. Um, I've got a soft spot for Duck Soup, to be honest. Oh yeah, that's where they get trapped in in the, the in the vents. They ran out. They ran out of a budget. So like, what are we going to do? We're going to film the whole episode in this stretch of tunnel. That was, and that was one of was Kachansky in that one. Yeah, yeah. she was. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the first episodes that she was part of the. Yeah, because she turns group. up in Aurobaros in episode three, which in season seven, I don't, it gets much maligned, but I like it. Maybe people because oh, Epidemia Nanaki would pretty shit, and then that led into series eight. Yeah, well, less said about that, probably. Cassandra is a really good episode. Yeah, and Back in the Red was okay. It was just fun to see everyone back it in was, Red Dwarf. And yeah, the, see, the Return so of the Captain. It, it probably doesn't hold up that well now, but no. the, that first three-parter 
was pretty cool at the time. It was like, oh, wow, they're doing this. They're and back on the dwarf. And without seeing the rest of the season at that point, yeah. it was like, wow, this is going to be great. And you had your hopes up, but then... They raised their hopes and dashed them quite expertly. Right. But Cassandra was good. Cassandra's funny. Because that's got... Um, is that Zoe Wanamaker? Is Cassandra? No idea. Um, do you know who, do you even know who that is? No idea. She was... Um, I well, know the name. Is she a middle-aged actress? Or she is. Singer? She absolutely is. She was Madame Hooch in the Harry Potters. <laughs> she was the wife in um, My Family. My family. Oh, yeah. my family. Yeah. What's that? It's a it's an English sitcom that had. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's actually really funny. Yeah, yeah she was the mother in that. I've not um. That I've my not hero. Seen the Harry pretty good. Potter movies. Really? Like I've seen the first one. You've read the book? Well, she's, no, I haven't. Well, she's in the first Surely one. She's you the have. woman that teaches them how to use the broomsticks. Oh, lady Pointy's read the books. She has. There you go. But it got to the point where I was like, oh, I left this too late. Yeah. No, I'm you like, haven't. No, no. Hear me out. And it's much the same as some of those Disney movies that I haven't seen. I was like, I'll just wait till I have kids and read them then. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. So. It's coming. Yeah, that's right. So I'm like, oh, I'll get to it. They're, they're still there. They're not burning books. <laughs> so I don't really think we need to talk about standard episodes from Back to Earth. Because it's just a three-parter. It's and a three-parter. And, and it's not that great. And it's one story. And it's... As I said, the first we, third... We could have done without it. Let's Absolutely, it. we could have. I mean, it was, it was good to have New Dwarf, but... We could have done without the Spice Girls at the London Olympics opening as well, but it was good to have. Yep, no, bringing it back. That's fine. The master of the callback. It was good to have. I was happy to see him. It brightened my morning. <laughs> when you took your day off work. Oh, God, I was late to work. Oh, you're late to work. That was it. You didn't take I... a day off work recovering. Well, that's right. Um, my favourite my favorite thing from that Olympics was um, James Bond and the Queen. Mm. That was awesome. And she was like, well, we can ask her to do it. And she's like, no, no. Well, there's no stilettos in a black cab. No. But, you know, it's, it's the Queen in 007. And it was actually her filming with Daniel Craig. So. That's pretty cool. Because, no, she's apparently the Queen's a very big fan of James Bond as a film and as a concept. That's excellent. Because it's fundamentally British and paints us in a very good light. <laughs> hmm. I don't know if it does. <laughs> I think it does. You know what? If old, if old Liz says it, it's true. Because she's the Queen and she owns all of us. That's true. We bow down to our supreme overlord, the Queen. But we do like the Queen. I went to Lizzie's house. Buckingham Palace. Yeah. I was in England last year. Oh. I, went out, I went outside Lizzie's house on the day that Angelina Jolie was apparently there. Ooh. I've seen Lizzie's house. That's all right. It's a big house that you can't get near. You went yeah. to Nodnall. I did go to Nodnall. <laughs> and so I was so stoked when I realised that my camera was taking photos backwards. I'm like, <laughs> Nodnall. <laughs> okay, series 10? Yeah. I don't really know. I haven't seen it enough to really have seen it. Fathers and sons, the one where he's been the one where Lister's getting drunk, writing letters to himself. That's right, and leaving himself videos, getting angry at himself as his dad to himself as his son. And yeah, that's probably my favourite from that one. Or hold on, Siri, what is your favourite episode of Red Dwarf? I prefer not to say. It's plain, plain. She's hard to get. Today's fish is trout a la creme. Fish. Okay, here is what I found. Splash Seafood, 109 Maitland Road, Mayfield. <laughs> I was hoping she'd be funny and tell me today's fish is trout a la creme. She's yeah. never funny. No. Okay, so we went through all the series. And, 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 and then we talked to Siri. And we talked to Siri. We tried to talk to a cat, not yep. the cat, but a cat. Yep. She didn't really talk back. It's good to have a cat on board for this podcast. That's right. We've, you know what we should have done? What I should have brought with me? should have brought some Vindaloo. Ooh. Well, I you do, don't drink lager. But no, but I do. I, I drink cider, and I do. It's, in, it's kind of and it's like a beer, and I do. In, I do enjoy a good vindaloo. I had a vindaloo in London that felt like a Lister level vindaloo. I thought I was going to die. It was amazing. Did you need lots of beer? Oh, lots of lots of cider to fix it. <laughs> You're not allowed on the table. Don't encourage her. She's getting risky. Maybe we should get cats off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, cat. They're so entertaining. I think my cat's special needs to Can be I honest. Have one too? No. No, because you can't be trusted. And we're getting season 11 and 12. Which, which is, are which recently is, announced. That we're getting two new series, which I thought was odd. Are you going to do it? Or am I going to do it? I thought it was odd that they announced two new series instead of just one, because it's usually yeah. like six or seven years between. Well, they're just going to shoot them back to back. Yeah. Because, you know, they're all getting on in years. Less bullets. That too. Absolutely that too. But if you'd ask me, do I want two new seasons of Red Dwarf after Back to Earth, I'd say... Not really, if that's what we're going to get. But after season 10, I'm okay with it. Like the episode where they go looking for Jesus. Yeah. And they find him, which is pretty funny in and of itself. 
So, what are your hopes for the next two seasons? Just over the return of Chloe Annette as Christine Kachansky. Yep. That's what I'd like to see more than anything else. And just stay on point. Hello, cat. Stay on form like fish. I had. Today's fish is trout, holo creme. Um, today, to stay on point like I did with season 10. Don't try and don't try and reinvent the wheel like they did with um, season 8 and Back to Earth. Just stick with what works. Yeah, it, it's funny. It, it's not like, um, I don't know, if you try and make... I'm not going to use a middle-aged woman analogy here. No, that's but, Moose's gimmick. But... You've got to come up with your own. Gimmick! As far as like... Today, with Banzi, like, it's different. You can go, okay, I've got those two albums of theirs. If I want to do something new, that's cool. Go for it. Yeah. But I feel like... They've Red given Wars, you what they need. Yeah, what but I, I feel like okay. with Red Dwarf, they don't really need to do that. They don't really, no, don't give us different. Like. Just give us, not more of the same, but... Yeah. Don't, don't want don't, exactly the same. Like I said, don't reinvent the wheel. That's why yeah. I liked season 10, because they were doing stuff and like the episode where they were <laughs> talking about the moose. And, did you remember this? Yeah, that causes accidents. Causes all the accidents. It's like, it was in Sweden? Yeah, yeah. The, ma- the major cause of accidents in 1973 in Sweden, in Sweden was a moose. Because they I should watch this show. You should. Um, it's the first episode of the 10th season. Now you've got me. I mean, yeah. that's their problem. They shouldn't have had Moose's driving. That's right. And then, and then Lister was, uh, Rimmer was like, okay, we're going to do an intelligence test. And we're going to ask the cat. There was a, there was a car accident in 1973 in Sweden. Was that a moose? <laughs> and it was funny, so I'm going to go home and watch Red Dwarf 10 now. <laughs> I will not watch Back to Earth if I could avoid it. No. It, it's just... I don't know. Painful. Yeah. I, I'm not ever watching it again it's I'm comfortable to say that yeah. I will not need to ever watch that no. it's also I think it's even worse because it was the first new dwarf in 10 years and it did not deliver well and what it did deliver it delivered badly okay Chinese democracy I can't even think of yeah that's right because even like the worst episode of dwarf there's still going to be a funny line or a funny moment in it I can think of nothing well because I've only watched it like twice since it came out but that's telling in itself yeah. That, that you only that watched I have, it twice and had no need to... And had no, no desire to revisit it, yeah. Okay, so I think we can more or less start to wrap this up because um, Moose is looking very... Tense. Did I look any less strange when I got here? Um, you look a little more tense now. Yeah, maybe. Paul McCartney? Paul McCartney. Um, the only other thing I wanted to touch on quickly before we finish up was the, the books. Yep. It wasn't just uh, the TV series... Um, the TV series, if I recall, was actually predated by a, a radio serial. Uh. No, that was Hitchhiker's. Oh, was it? Yeah, that was yeah. Hit, that's Hitchhiker's Guide, yeah. not Red Dwarf. Mm, mixing um, up my uh, mixing your UK, your English science fiction. <laughs> um, See, I like Red. Wait, no, what are we talking about? Hitchhiker's I like Guide. Hitchhikers. We can come back to that another yes. time. Um, that's actually a really good. Yeah, when you guys do Hitchhikers, I'll come back for that. Um, yeah, it's it, yeah. It started as a TV series, okay. um, and then the books started to come out. Have you read them? I have. Oh, they're amazing, aren't they? They to me, they read a lot like Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah, with that sort of level of humor. I can't remember. So it was what Infinity Welcomes Careful Drivers. That's the first. The first that's one. the first one, and then there's better backward, than life. better than life, and then backwards and last human, because the, um, Rob Grant and Doug Naylor wrote the first two together, and then when they had that massive falling out. One of them wrote backwards and one of them wrote Last, Last Human. So those two books, while they both follow the story of the first two, then diverge into very different directions. And I think backwards is the better book, to be honest. Yeah, Last Human is one with like the skulls and stuff on the front. Like a... Yeah. yeah. When you read the books, do you picture them with the actors playing the characters? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. you can't help, help but do that, really. Oh. No, no. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you picture middle-aged singers, daughter women. I'm like I'd today. Dave Lister is played by <laughs> today's by, played by Martin Freeman. Well, your brain has a mind of its own. Maybe it subs out for the understudy. It does with a lot of the minor characters that have only been seen in sort of one or two episodes. They're all Billy Piper. They're all Billy. Well, they should be everybody. Everybody should be played by Billy Piper. Um, she should take on a role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. I think so. I don't know who. Because all the women have been cast. Linda Cardellini did, so... Wow. Well, that is true. That's an, that, that was Linda Cardellini, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Damn yeah. right it was Linda yeah. Cardellini. That's an interesting pull, though. Yeah. Because oh. she'd done nothing since Dogma. Oh, no. She was in Mad Men. 
That's she, true. Yeah. She's in a bunch of episodes of Mad Men. She oh. slept with Don, but then again, who hasn't yeah, slept with Don? That's what every female character on the show was about, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. That's the whole Either point. sleeping of... with Don or wanting to sleep with Don. <laughs> yeah. Or him wanting to sleep with them. Yeah. It would really fail that test that Mrs. Pointy was telling us about. So yeah. That's <laughs> test. Yeah. Is, is that actually what it's called or is that what we've called it? No, that's what we've called it. Which I'm sure will infuriate. <laughs> What's that Italian sauce? It's like bechamel, something like that. Something Carbonara. Like, no, it's kind of like so something a schmel. Stephen Amell. No, bechamel. Robbie Amell. I don't know. It's something to do with the sauce. That's the test. The sauce that was um. It's bechamel sauce. That's what you said like yeah. five times. I didn't know, but nobody nobody clarified. Because we know. didn't know. Well, you were the one that was telling us. Yeah. I'm not a chef. I've never made this sauce. I may have eaten it. So the Red Dwarf books, hey? Yes, books. <laughs> They're really Special good. I want to reread. Also known as a white sauce made from a roux and milk. It is one of the mother. A roux, so it's made from a kangaroo. Of, yes, it's made from a kangaroo. Okay. It's one of the mother sauces of French cuisine and Italian cuisine. It was also used as a base for other sauces. How it relates to feminism in film, I don't know. Well, that's your homework. We uh, <laughs> want you to come back with a thesis on how it does relate. Okay. You get on that? I'll get on that. Okay, cool. We've covered Billy Piper. We've covered the Bechamel test. We've covered Hitchhikers. We've covered Jerry Halliwell. We've talked about the opening ceremony. I think we're good. Yeah. Even Queen even guest starred. Really. Yeah. It's always good when Lizzie turns up as a reference. You mentioned your own podcast. Where can people find it? People can find that over at geekactually.com. I'm on Nerd Corner. That's my show. And this week, I'm also featured on Behind the Panels and the Geek Actually podcast itself. Because I was in the studio, they said, "Do you want to do both shows?" I'm like, "All right, okay." Because they, they invited me down to do just the Flash and Arrow recap for Behind the Panels, which is the comic book show on that network. And then they said, "Look, are you guys sticking around for Geek Actually? We're recording it straight afterwards." I'm like, "Do you want us to do the show?" I'm like, "Okay." And then we talked about Mad Max Fury Road, which is really hard because I haven't seen it. Well, thank you, John, for joining us. No problem. It's been a pleasure. And as, as I say, you can find me over at Geek Actually on the Nerd Corner podcast and on Twitter at Nerd Corner AU. Cool. We'll uh, share those links uh, with the episode. Excellent. Thank you. Moose. Thanks, John. Thank you for having me. Paul Bye, McCartney. Woody. Bye, Woody.